Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a regular, whether it's monthly or you're jumping on every single episode, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast family. Please rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. Let us know how these episodes and this podcast is impacting your leadership and making you more of a supernatural leader. Because we all know there's a leader within all of us, so let's make that leader a little more supernatural. That is the premise of this podcast. Well, it's been a minute in the sense of I haven't done a podcast episode where it's just me and the listener. It's been a lot of interviews recently and Today is going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be more like me and the listener. Just the only difference is I'm going to be sharing uh, what I believe is a real prophetic word for leadership for the season that we are in, in 2023 and beyond moving ahead. I have a word that I believe you need to hear as a leader. It's going to apply, of course, to your spiritual community life. I think that's huge and very, very, very important. Um, It's going to apply to your workplace life, your family life, and all aspects really of life. And really it's around the premise of what I believe God is saying, and that is there is a new landscape for our leadership in 2023. And when I say the word landscape, well, uh, the, the word I'm going to share is actually already recorded, and it was something that we shared or I shared uh, to my community on the first Sunday of January. And I feel like it's you know really powerful and important that all of you, our Supernatural Leadership Podcast family, also hears if you haven't already. I was really thinking, hey, what can I, what, what is God saying for this episode? And I really felt the Lord say to me, share that word. And so we're going to be sharing that word, re- replaying that word and uh, really it's the it's the first part of really a four-part Sunday series that we did and it's real prophetic in nature and I believe it's what God's what God is saying to us now and it applies to our leadership in all facets of life we're talking about the new landscape for leadership positioning ourselves for 2023 I I believe this if God speaks a word, you have the responsibility to position yourself so that word can come to pass. I liken it to a quarterback throwing a football. If there's no one running to catch the ball, no one's getting a touchdown. No one's moving ahead. No one's advancing the team. You know, And I feel like this is what it's like in the kingdom. When God speaks a word, it's like he's throwing us the pass and he's waiting for somebody to catch the word, to catch the pass and move ahead with it, move with the past. But if we don't open ourselves up, position ourselves to catch the pass, man, these 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 throws are falling on on uh, on nobody. No one's catching them. And so I believe we have responsibility, especially in the prophetic, to catch what God is saying and run with it. And so that's what we're talking about today, running with God's word for 2023. And the word is God is I believe he's developing a new landscape for our leadership. Just like you landscape a yard, 
uh, and I'm going to explain this that I want to give too much away. Uh, but just like you landscape a yard, you change the look, the focus and the utilization of a property. I believe this is happening to our life and leadership. So today we're talking about a very, very important revelation. And it's the revelation of community. Take a listen. Uh, this idea of new landscape. And I'm just wanting to declare this as a prophetic word for you. New landscape, positioned in 2023. If God gives you a word, God will then expect you to position yourself in such a way to see the fulfillment of that word. God gave Elijah a word that the end of the drought, which he also prophesied, was about to come. And so he warned King Ahab, uh, get your chariots ready. There is the sound of rain, mighty mighty rain coming after th over three and a half years of drought. He prophesies the end of it, and then he goes and he prays it into existence. He positioned himself. In fact, he said to his servant seven times, go see, go look, go look, look again, look again. And the whole time he had his head between his legs, literally like crouched down, praying seven times for the fulfillment of that word. He was positioned to see fulfillment of the word. I, I think this is such a crucial truth and revelation to live by as believers that if you feel like you have a sense of where God's taking you, what he wants to do in your life in a specific season of life, it's important that you find the position you need to be in to birth that word, so to speak, to pray that word into being. If you feel like this is gonna be a year of financial freedom, well, what are you doing to position yourself for financial freedom? If you feel like this is gonna be a year of, of great stretching or great um, growth in different areas, what are you doing for those things to take place? It's really important that we put feet to the spiritual leadings of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, Galatians says it like this, to keep in step with the Spirit. We don't just stay, you know, stagnant, stay like swampy water, not moving. No, spiritual life is constantly moving. It's a, it's a, it's a flowing river. It's like Jesus said it in John 7. If you believe in me, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers, moving waters. Because in the kingdom, when we're led by the Spirit, we're always moving. And so even waiting in the kingdom looks like action, looks like an active waiting, a moving, a positioning. And so I want to encourage you that in 2023, this is your time to position yourself for this to take place in your life. God wants to give you a new landscape. Now, you might be like, well, what do you mean by new landscape? <clears throat> I think back to one of um, the jobs that really probably was you know, quite prevalent in my life earlier on, um, both like when I was really young, one of my first jobs ever was actually with my, my father at the age of 11 doing landscaping. And I remember, uh, basically doing all the grunt work, but I, I remember learning what it was like to labor, learning what it was like to work in the heat, um, you know, eight to 10 hour days. I remember that as an 11 year old, like, and I've always kind of had a job, always kind of worked really hard. And, and, uh, I remember like when I came out of high school, I started doing landscaping again, did it for several years. And, you know, I think landscaping like construction, like renovation of, of, those types of jobs is one of the most and can be one of the most rewarding jobs when you actually go into a place, go into a yard or go into a house and it's bare bones and you you basically build the whole thing. You see the end result. You see the reward of your hands. You see the tangible. So much of what we do creatively often feels like we're looking for tangible results, but really 
it's mostly intangible, intangible things or intangible results. Spiritually speaking, you know, you can get up on a platform and speak and you don't know what's happening in the heart of people. It's an intangible result that you don't see. Of course, you know, eventually you'll see a tangible result in people's lives transformation, but so much of what we do in the spirit is intangible often or feels that way. We can't measure it. We can't see always the fruit in the, from an eternal perspective right away until later on in life or maybe you know one day when we die. But with stuff that we're doing with our hands, construction, we're building, we're making things happen, creating stuff, it's an amazing experience to see the end result after working really hard and uh, the total transformation both inside and out. It's really the reward of seeing something through from start to finish. You know, for us, for me, back in that time working landscaping, it was like these amazing interlock patios, these water features, garden walls, lighting, all these different things. Like I didn't just do, I didn't do sod. I wasn't like a yard maintenance guy, um, but I did do all these elaborate, um, you know, big jobs for people's back. I I remember one job we put like, I think it was like 125,000 pounds of sand in a sandbox. We made this like massive sand blocks, bigger than the footprint of my entire house. And it was like a massive sandbox and uh, massive play structure for their kids. And I remember just seeing the end result, like digging the sand, you know, this is back when we weren't using bobcats and machines as much, you know, wheeling the sand in with a wheelbarrow, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, often in summertime in the heat, 14 hours a day, getting the job done. I mean, it was a toil. It was a sweaty toil, but I loved seeing the end results. And, you know, the thing about landscaping too is when you go into someone's yard or whatever, you're, you're not, yes, you're digging up foundation. Yes, you're digging up earth. You're putting in new foundation. You're putting in gravel, all the kind of things you put in to make sure there's a strong foundation, but you're still building upon the earth that's already there. You're not digging so deep that you're digging through the earth. So you're, you're, you're literally building on what's already there. And sometimes when God gives us a new word, we think we have to, or a word like this new landscape, throw out everything old, throw out all the things that once was, you know? And even in the kingdom, Jesus likens the kingdom in a parable, like a man who goes into a storehouse and brings out old and new treasure. We don't throw out the old, we build on the old and continue on. We build on what was and continue on to build forward. It doesn't mean we don't have to like fix some foundational issues or dig up some things and some elements and, you know, dig up an old interlock job to put a new one down. It doesn't mean that we have to, that we're never changing and we're never fixing stuff. But what I'm just saying is that we're always building on something. We're always building on someone else's sacrifice at some level, whether you're learning from a, a professor or a teacher about how to start a business. And well, you're building that business based upon someone else who sacrificed in study and also experience to teach you how to do it your own way or how to do it for yourself. And so you're always taking from or building from something that's already been established. And so I talk about this idea of new landscape and and just like someone's backyard, like I said, we're building on something. I believe in 2023, God wants the landscape of our lives to look different. And my prayer this year is that the look, focus, and how your life and leadership are utilized changes into something even better than it is right now. Because that's what landscaping does. It changes the look, it changes the focus, and the utilization of a property. 
So if you go into your backyard, it's all sod and just a fence and you have no sitting area, no interlock patio, no garden walls, no garden, all that kind of stuff, no water feature. As soon as you put all that in, all of a sudden it changes the look, the focus and the utilization, what you're able to do with the property. And there's so many things in your life and my life and our lives together that I believe God wants to do a facelift for or facelift in. And it's gonna change the look, it's gonna change the focus and the utilization of whatever God has entrusted you with. And this applies to everything. It could apply to family, it could apply to relationships, it could apply to your career, it could, apply, it could apply to your retirement stage and age and time of life that you're in right now. Wherever you find yourself, I believe this can apply to all of you. And I believe it's a prophetic word for all of you out there listening, those that wanna receive it. And I wanna highlight because here's the thing, before you execute any sort of job, let's, let's say landscaping, that's the illustration we're using, you need to have, or at least a good job is gonna have a good blueprint. A job well done usually had already had uh, a good blueprint, a drawing, something that ha is a plan. And I let's call that plan for illustration's sake, the revelation of what something is supposed to be. The revelation of what could be for this backyard when the, when the landscaper, you know, the designer shows you the drawings. He's saying, hey, this could be your backyard. This is what it is right now. But with the, but this, but the revelation of what could be is this. And this is the drawing. And if we can do this in your backyard, it will change the landscape entirely. So I want to highlight three revelations for 2023 that we need within that will affect the landscape within our lives. Because we cannot affect the tangible on the outside of our lives until we deal with the landscape within our lives. And I'm talking about the revelation of the things that we have that we need to have to, to put our hands to work to see the tangible outcomes that God wants us to see in every area of our life, whether it's business, whether it's your career, your family, relationships, whatever, you, whatever season of life you're in, there are things that God wants to do on the inside before he touches the outside. So number one, write this down. The first revelation that I believe God wants us to have within stronger than we've had in the past is the revelation of community. And I, I share this as a prophetic word because this is a prophetic word that I've actually been given myself and I've been pondering it for several months now. A word that I've been pondering for several, several months now and how this is going to translate into our community at Kingdom Culture. So when I say these things, this is a direct prophetic deposit into our own community as Kingdom Culture. If you're watching and you're a visitor with us, welcome. We welcome you into the community. If you are a part of this community, you're an active member of this community, i.e. I. You, you are a team member, you're participating on Sunday to Sunday, I believe this is a prophetic word for where we need to go in 2023. Not that we're not, we don't have a revelation, but I believe there's something about the strength of this revelation and the focus of this revelation that's going to affect tangible outcomes in 2023. So it's the revelation, number one, of community. And something I have heard over, something I've learned actually over the years when it comes to community, because, you know, I've taught on community, we teach on community, and everybody's version of community is very different. Everybody's expectation of what community is, what community means, the definition for them in their personal life, how it pertains to every aspect of their lives is gonna be different. But we can look at a biblical 
definition of community. We can look at what is what is the revelation biblically of community and how does that touch our lives. But here's something that, and we'll go there in a second, but there's something that I've learned over the years of leading spiritual community and being a part of community over the last two decades. This is what I've learned. Sometimes the people that say they want community the most are the ones that have the hardest time making real deep friendships. They often leave gatherings first. They do not prioritize gatherings. They complain often about how the community they are in is not good enough and the list goes on. I've noticed this and this is just as I'm generalizing. This is obviously there's exceptions. Not everyone is like this, but often the, the, the chatter that I hear the most, and this is over two decades now of, of experiencing spiritual community, church culture community, often the people that want it the most are the ones that have the hardest time making the deep, real deep friendships. And maybe that's why they, they want it the most. They, there's a void, there's this desire, but they just have this wall that they can't seem to break through. And part of that is because they're not able to join into what's facilitated for them to help deepen those relationships. They wanna do it on their own terms often, and sometimes doing things on your own terms when there is a wall or a limitation it doesn't go well, doesn't end well. And so sometimes we actually need other people to facilitate moments for us to kind of force us through a process, not, not in an aggressive way, but in an encouraging way to break through. And I'm thanking God for my mentors in life that literally, and I would use the word force, it sounds like a negative word, but almost forcefully encourage me, uh, let's, let's say it like that, into processes that they know would break me down, that would break my limitations to, so, so that I could break through. And, and seeing how they did that and it hurt, I didn't wanna do it and they knew what was best for me. I didn't often know what was best for me and I'm a better person because of it, because I let God in through the process of leaders in my life help helping to facilitate my maturity and growth as a leader. I've also learned this too, sometimes people that want community the most can't seem to see the community that's right in front of them. It's like the same idea that often uh, we want opportunity in life and we want to do amazing things in life, but yet we won't steward the things that are right now in our lap. We want the better job, but we've not done really good at our current job. We want the better promotion, but we've not exceeded expectations in the current role we're in. We always want the next thing at the expense of sacrificing doing well with what we already have. And this is often what happens. People want community, it's right in front of them, but they don't seem to engage. They don't seem to lean in. Maybe there's fears. I get it. There's hurts, traumas, pain points, things that have happened in the past. Hey everyone, before we continue on with, have you ever wondered what it would be like to go to a new level in recognizing the voice of God? Well, now you have your chance. The Supernatural Leadership School has just launched a brand new e-course, The Voice of God, Module 2, where we're gonna dive deeper into understanding the power of the voice of God in and through our leadership. The voice of God is one of the areas of our relationship with God that makes it so much fun. In this e-course, you're gonna receive a full comprehensive digital workbook, as well as over seven hours of teaching, six lessons, and over 17 videos, and full of opportunities to apply the lesson content with our activations at the end of each lesson. We will be exploring topics like the voice and the spirit of prophecy, the gift and the prophet, how to see in the spirit, the nine supernatural gifts of the spirit, training the five spiritual senses, learning our dream language part one, part two, and part three, as well including a practical 
dream interpretation guide at the end. I wanna encourage you to register today and begin a whole new supernatural leadership journey, taking your leadership to a whole new level in the marketplace and in the church. Hope you can join us on this journey. And I get all that and there's a journey and it's tough. I'm just sharing with you what I've learned despite the reasons, despite the justifications. I'm just sharing an observation that I've noticed and I just believe God wants us to break through in some of these areas. Sometimes people that have the real deep relationships, let me flip it now because I've also seen this as well. Sometimes people that have the real deep relationships, and I say deep because, well, hear me out here, do not end up running to those relationships when they need them the most. So this begs the question, how deep are they? So on the outside, they look really deep, they feel really deep, they're always hanging out together, but yet there's a disconnect, there's no go zones, there's certain things that those individuals will not go to those people for, even though those are the individuals they should be going to for support. This is, there's power in community and we often do the opposite of what we need to be doing with what God has put in front of us and that's community, the value of relationships. The early church had a revelation uh, of this, of community powerfully, that led to transformation. This is the purpose of revelation. If you have a revelation that never leads to transformation, I would question whether or not it's a revelation. I would say that you have information, you have insight, but you do not have a revelation because a revelation is to open one's eyes to a reality that you were not yet accustomed to that ends up leading you on a path of transformation. That is the point of a revelation. If you have a real revelation, there will be a transformation. If you say you have a revelation about trusting God with your money, I mean, and I've heard secular people talk about this, like just, just people that, uh, secular people in the sense of like, that don't believe in God, you know, Jesus is not the center of their life, they don't go to church, and yet they're able to see the principle of giving, the principle of generosity. Then, And I've heard guys, motivational speakers, people that are world-renowned, like, like say, and I actually heard this video recently, it really actually just touched me, and he was saying it in tears. He was saying like, if you can't give a dollar out of your $10, you'll never give $10 out of your $100. If you can't give $100 out of your $1,000, you'll never give, uh, you know, your first million out of your first $10 million. In other words, if you can't start with the small, you'll never be able to manage it when it grows and it's big. Start somewhere. And to see that these people that don't even have a revelation about generosity from a kingdom perspective, they might understand the principle of generosity, but they don't have a kingdom perspective of generosity, in some ways are operating more in the kingdom than those that are actually in the kingdom. And it's surprising to me, it's shocking to me, but this is the point I'm trying to make is that revelation, if you have a revelation about generosity, it has to look like something. It has to look like practice that leads to transformation. And I say the reason why this guy was crying is because he was sharing about how when he was in need, and once again, not a believer, when he was in need, when he was struggling financially, he would be helping people, helping the poor, helping give his last dime to those, like he'd give the shirt off his back and he learned generosity when he had nothing. So now that he has multi, multi millions, it's easier for him to give because he grew over time from those hard places, from those hard moments by operating in a revelation, uh, not just information that led to transformation. And so we need this when it comes to community. In Acts chapter two, verse 42 to 47, it says this, 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. This is very important because that word devotion in the Greek literally means to devote yourself to something with an unrelenting continuance. To go all in in such a way that it's unrelenting. You don't quit. You persevere. You work it through. This is what relationship is supposed to be. Covenant relationship is supposed to be something that you work through, persevere through with unrelenting continuance. We have these elements that they focused on. The new believers, the, the new church, sorry, the new leadership in the church, the early church focused on these four things. Well, it was actually six things, but... I'm not going to go into that, but these four that we see in the first, uh, this verse 42 of chapter two of the book of Acts, they focused on teaching, apostolic teaching, which is really like about the blueprint for spiritual life. Like how do we build the life of the kingdom? They had the blueprint. They focused on fellowship, community. They focused on the sharing of meals, engaging and in the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They focused on all these four elements with unrelenting continuance. It goes on, if you read to verse 47, they also added into going into the temple daily. They also added into like the worship. They went. They added also generosity. They shared all things, possessions, all things. Like these are key things that they devoted themselves unrelenting. And I believe this is part of the reason why there was a great reformation, uh, revival, great, um, great move of God that we see in the book of Acts because they had these things in play. With They had a revelation that they were living from in the area of community. And this word for they devoted themselves to fellowship is the word koinonia in the Greek. And it's a communion by intimate participation. In other words, communion or community is not community that just hangs out, uh, talks about the weather, and goes home, goes their way. No, communion, there's a, a participation, an intimate, there's a depth Real community has depth, has deep wells. It's it's fertile soil. It's it's deep. It's it's moist for things to grow. It's not dry. It's it's one thing. I, I you know for me like I have a I have deep friendships, and then I have a lot of friendships, and then I have a lot of acquaintances. Like if you go on my phone, like I have thousands of contacts in my phone. I know a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that I'm deep with all those people. I have acquaintances, people that I can call all around the world at any time. It doesn't mean that I'm super deep. Unfortunately, you can't be deep with thousands of people. It's really hard, but you can be deep with a few. Jesus had his three, he had his 12, he had his 70. You can have community, uh, but the depth of your community really is determined by how deep you really want to go. And this word for koinonia literally means communion by intimate participation or partnership. It's a brotherhood. It's a deep sense of spiritual unity. It's the kind of unity that is initiated by the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's a mission attached to it, connected to it. It means to cement people together as one. It means to be in agreement with one another and united with one purpose. And this is actually the first time the word is mentioned, this word, koinonia, in the New Testament. Then it's mentioned 18 more times. And from, from a scholarly theological perspective, always pay attention to the, the law of first mention. When something's mentioned the first time, it sets the precedent. It's like the cornerstone to which everything else needs to be built from. And we need to look at where this was mentioned. It was mentioned in the groundwork and the foundation in the seedbed of the early church, fellowship, communion, koinonia, the revelation of community was in the seedbed of the early church. And, you know, fellowship makes us feel like family. 
And when there's family, this is how trust is built. If you are part of a family, hopefully there's trust in that family. A strong family is a family of people that can trust each other. And uh, this is what community is supposed to feel like. This is what church is supposed to feel like. Yeah, the church, generally speaking, Big C Church, has not done the best job. Um, and, and, and just like families, the nuclear family and everybody's household, they don't always do the best job. But we're all a work in progress and our goal is to see every community that we are connected to get stronger in 2023. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves, like gather together. Don't forsake the connection point, the community. And you say, well, I don't have to go to church to have community. Absolutely, you do not have to go to church to have community. Just like you don't have to go to the mechanic to drive your car, but it really helps to go to the mechanic to make sure you have your oil changed, to make sure everything's operating and functioning properly, that your brakes are checked. It really helps. Don't go to the mechanic for three years and you just may run into some problems because unless you are a mechanic, something is 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 likely to happen. And so, yeah, you don't have to go to church to have community. You can have community in many other ways, but there is a design and a desire and an expectation that God has for us as believers to not forsake the gathering. So yes, we don't go to church because we are the church. The Bible says that we are the ecclesia. The word church in the Greek language, is it's translated church, but the Greek word is ecclesia. And it literally means called out ones with a purpose. I mean, it comes from two compound words that mean called out ones with a purpose and a cause. And so when the church comes together, which is the people, when they assemble together with a purpose and a cause, something great happens. And the cause, of course, is to love God and make his name known. So yes, we are together. Yes, there is an expectation. And yes, it is healthy to see that gathering as a church community is part of having a revelation of biblical community. It doesn't mean that if you don't gather, that you aren't in community because you might have community, you might be part of a home group or something. But I would say this, that there is a very, very, very uh, high um, important value on gathering Sunday to Sunday as a community where you can be strengthened, empowered, equipped, and, and especially for your week. Um, and it affects every area of your life. So absolutely, this is one key component. Don't forsake the assembly. Community without mission is not able to fulfill the depth of transformation that community with mission can. Write that down. Community without mission is not able to fulfill the depth of transformation that community with mission can. I know a lot of people think, well, man, like relationships don't have to have a purpose. Let me just tell you this. Any relationship in your life right now is a God-sent relationship. And let me just retract something from that statement because I don't want you to think even the bad ones can be God sent. Even the hard ones can be God sent. But every relationship, let me just say it like this then, God is not surprised by. He's not up there be like, I didn't know that relationship was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to take place. No, he knows before everything happens. And so you can look at the way God has situated your life right now, who is in your life. Every one of those people has a purpose, role, and mission to play in improving your life, even the hard relationships, even the betrayals, the bad ones. Jesus said it like this, hey, did I not choose the 12 of you? You can read it in John 6, and yet one of you is a betrayer. 
He chose Judas. He chose the one that was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. He would be his right-hand guy, handle all his finances, and yet he'd be the one to sell him out and get him arrested and basically throw him on the cross. He would be the guy, and yet Jesus chose him. He chose the betrayer. And on the night he was betrayed, he gave thanks on the night he was betrayed because he could trust God that in the midst of sometimes the bad relationships, we can give thanks to God because we can see the good that will come out of even the bad and hard in our lives. And so every part of our relational equity or relational connections, I believe absolutely has mission and uh, and transformation attached to it. The question is, if we have a revelation of it, we will be able to actually receive it when it happens. Because a lot of people, they'll you know break rank when some bad things happen in a relationship. But what if they could work it through? What if good could come out of it? Now, some people do have to leave your life, of course. Some people do have to you know, betray you, sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. You might not see them again. They might kill, commit spiritual suicide, which happened, happened to Judas. Of course, he committed physical suicide and don't wish that on anybody, of course. But, um, you know, there are going to be relationships that leave your life. But even those relationships that leave your life have a purpose and a mission attached to it. And so if you can begin to see life through this lens, you will be able to see the transformation that comes with relational or revelation of community. Let me just show you a verse that really gives us a, a little bit of a glimpse into what community should look like and feel like. And it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Perfectly. There is a perfect fit for you. You're a part of the body. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are part of his body. He is the head, you are his body. Maybe a finger, you might be a hand, you might be a wrist, you might be an elbow, you might be a pectoral muscle, whatever it is you are, and I'm just speaking metaphorically here. You're a part of the body, and you functioning in your part, in your place, makes the whole body healthy and whole. Paul says that he makes, Jesus makes, the whole body together fit perfectly. You fit. You fit. Now, you need to function. You fit, but are you functioning? Because just because you fit doesn't mean you're functioning. I want to encourage you in this season, part of the revelation of community, and I'm speaking specifically about church community, is functioning and participating. Remember, koinonia means intimate participation. You're participating in your role and in a part of your function to see health in the body. You functioning helps the other parts of the body function better. You not functioning becomes um, a weight that the other parts need to carry and compensate for. You don't want to be that part of the body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, listen to what he says here. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Did you hear that? As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. If you don't do your own special work, other parts will not grow. Yet you fit perfectly together with the body. You have a place. It's a promise. You have a place, but are you functioning in your purpose? Are you functioning in the mission that God's put in your place or for your place? As each part does its own special work, it's special, it's, it's, it's beneficial, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing. This is the goal 
of having a revelation of community is to see the whole body healthy and growing, the whole body. My prayer in 2023, if you're a part of our house, if you're a part of the online part of our house, if you're a part of another house and you're just tuning in today, another church house, or you're looking for a church or you're in transition, whatever the case may be, my encouragement for you is one of the ways that you're going to see the revelation of community lead to transformation is get connected somehow. Be connected, play a part in God's body, in his body, the body of Christ. Don't be an observer anymore. Some of you have been even watching from the sidelines for years, watching, just kind of coming to church or watching online. Or, But where's the role? Listen, I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You can be in your 70s, in your 80s. You still have a part to play. For you to think that you are a part of the body fitting together perfectly and do not have a part to play is to literally cast this revelation of community aside and say, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in what Jesus says about this. I have no role. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too uneducated. I'm not qualified. I have nothing to give. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You have something great to give, something, a role great to play. You have a responsibility before the end of your life that you have done your part in his body, in his house. And, and you know, part of the way that we serve his body is by serving the local body that we are a part of. Connecting on team, being there. Maybe it's for you in the season, you're dedicating, you're, you're dedicating your life to prayer. Maybe it's you're dedicating your life to sport, support financially in a different way. Maybe you're dedicating your life to meet some young men and young women and raise them up and pour into their lives and mentor them. And maybe it's kingdom business and you had, you know, experience in, in business and in different career paths, you're going to mentor, pour into these individuals. I want to encourage you, find something that you can do to say, I am playing a part in serving the body of Christ by investing in the local body that I am connected to. And I, I honestly would say that the beginning years of my life as a believer, some of you know my story, know my testimony, uh, you know, 18, turning 19, have this encounter with Jesus. And I spent the next six months after I lost my job, four to eight hours a day, hanging out with Jesus in my bedroom, going to the street, going to the bar, going to the club, sharing my story, studying the word four to eight hours a day, all the time, every day. It became a foundational, pivotal season for my life that I can't shake. In fact, I would attribute everything that I am today to the start, that starting point. That was like the cornerstone uh, season of my life. And of course, there's other elements that came after, but that was a cornerstone season of my life. And in that season, I had mentoring. I had mentors that I met with every Sunday after church, which I didn't even know at the time what a mentor was. I'd never, that wasn't in my language. And uh, it really impacted me. But the thing that I can look back and say, okay, I had all those things and I had, you know, this, this the time, the four to eight hours, I had the four to eight hours a day. I had the mentors. The thing that I would say that really was the glue in all of that, that kept motivating me, that kept strengthening me, that kept supporting me when I wanted to give up, or maybe it was frustrated or didn't understand something, was the community that I was connected to. I was connected with these, these, these few, several key individuals that were apart. We were all kind of living a very similar new experience with God at the same time, and I'm still connected. Um, to some of those individuals today. And I'm thankful for those relationships because those relationships were the glue, were the, was the fire that was forging and forming 
who I am today to make sure that I last the long haul. We need community. We need this community all the time. In fact, you know, and I, I would encourage you to write this down. Your environment, your alliances, and your connection are all instrumental for influence. Your environment, your alliances, and your connection are all instrumental for influence. If you want to make an impact, if you want to influence, remember that these three, these three elements, environment, alliances, and connection, are all a part of that. And that is found in the revelation of community. You're going to be in the right environment. You're going to be having the right alliances, aligning with the right people around your life, and ultimately connecting deep with the right people, your inner circle, your tribe. And these things, when these things happen, you're going to see influence. You're going to see transformation, not just in you, but around you in what you do. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I know it was a replay from something that was already recorded in the beginning of January, but I felt it was so important for our leadership, for your leadership in this season of your life. So hopefully you took away something powerful from that. If you want to hear some of the rest of the series, please subscribe to our Kingdom Culture YouTube channel and uh, go over there, watch the next three parts because it's a four-part series called All Things New. That's what it's taken from. And uh, I believe it will just expand what already was laid out, uh, this this episode that I shared with you. It will expand from that. It will go beyond that and really impact your leadership. So if you haven't already, subscribe. Go over, go on over to Kingdom Culture's YouTube channel. Subscribe there, and you can watch uh, the next three parts over the course of that series. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Remember, you have a leader within, so let's make that leader a little more supernatural. Until next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, before we continue on with this interview, 